What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. It is episode 145, and it is July 11th. My name is Julian. I'm here at Brooklyn. We got a lot of news to talk about. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Just uh, recovering from a long little weekend. Yes, sir. Happy belated. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. We celebrated his birthday on Friday with all the boys, and then he had his family plans this weekend. And, uh, yeah, long weekend. It's been fun. It's been fun, 26, but... Old. I'm feeling it. Old. Especially with this rain going on in Tampa right now. Mm. Old. aching right now. Yeah, we wanted to record about five minutes earlier, and we were getting the yawns out from from old man Withers. So we got that going. But like I said, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to start with some weekly news that happened, all the trending stuff, and then we're going to go into the MLB All-Star Game and our MLB Mid-Season Awards it's one of my favorite things to do is go over midseason awards and all that good stuff. Get some perspective for both of us. I'll be doing the National League. Brooklyn will be doing American. We'll get more into that in a second. Weekly news. One of the biggest things that happened last week was former first overall pick by the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, was traded to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional <laughs> fifth-round pick. Such a fall from grace between from him and for, like, the faith that that franchise had in him. I mean, just two years ago, Baker was in every commercial known to man. And oh now he's getting God. traded for, like, a potential rotational pick. I mean, fifth-rounders can be pretty good, but that's not what a former first overall guy goes for just a couple years removed. It, it's crazy, but it needed to happen. However he needed to get out of Cleveland, I'm happy it happened. It sucks for the Browns because, like, Damn. <laughs> now you could just got to bank on a late round pick, hoping that he pans out to be something. If you even get it, again, it's conditional. <laughs> it's yeah. a, you, you're not so. even guaranteed to have it. So, But I love this for Carolina, though. I think people have been sleeping on this because Baker gets a bad rap. Understood. I'm not here to defend him. No. Baker's Baker and the Browns are the Browns. You put those two together. <laughs> They don't make a good baby. Water and oil. At all. Now you separate them. You mix it with a couple of things. You season it right. You let it simmer. Seasoning. You might have something. And might. that's what I think the Panthers are going to do. I think they're going to be able to mix everything together. Bearing that damn team stays healthy. But I love their defense. CMC, we know what he could do. Robbie Anderson is a nice little deep threat. You put those three together. Yeah, I and like I mean, it. you know, new new scenery is so important sometimes. Uh, oh, it's, man. It's, it's the classic, like, just leaving the toxic relationship, just if for nothing else, just to get out of it. And mm -hmm. uh, that might be the situation. I mean, I don't think Baker is great. I think at his best, he's a top 20 quarterback, and that's, like, number 19 at his best. Um, but, you know, maybe having a number 19 overall quarterback in the league is what the Panthers need because they haven't had a top – 30 quarterback in the yeah. last handful of years. I mean, since really Cam's MVP year and maybe the year after, uh, they haven't had that. So, you know, you add it. I think they need a lot more than a quarterback, too. So I think this maybe could be a stepping stone for another year or a predecessor to another move or two. Not really sure. Um, but it's nice to see the Panthers trying. They've been trying to fix this quarterback yeah. issue for a couple of years now, and they really haven't wanted to do it through the draft because they didn't want to use capital to move up. They didn't like the quarterbacks that were there, which I respect. Don't don't go draft a quarterback you don't like. Don't don't do what the Washington Commanders do and draft quarterbacks and then package them out or ship them out of town. And that that's always been my number one complaint with organizations. Why draft a quarterback that doesn't even fit into your system? Don't settle. Why are we settling for he, a quarterback because you need one? Like, you want to change a system quarterback to fit your system? It's not really Why? Yeah, it's not really how that works. Why? And then you, you're you mad and confused when he sucks. Duh. 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 Like, what you think? Yeah, dude doesn't do that. You don't hire an architect and then hope that he can, like, do your accounting. That's not what you like, do. Come on. This is stupid. So, so I mean, shout out to Baker for getting a new chance and like that they actually traded him. There was a hot minute there we weren't sure he was going to get traded. So that's that's nice that they at least got him out. <laughs> they didn't let him just no. sit there. Um, more news from the week. 
We had um actually this is this is your news really. We had some Jets drama going on. My so boy today. Zach Wilson. <laughs> his his ex-girlfriend, you know, you break up, you start spelling the T. Well apparently Zach Wilson fondled relations. fornicated relations. Relations. He did have relations with that woman. His mom's best friend. That's wild. And his ex-girlfriend is now dating his ex-best friend, I would assume. They were teammates at BYU. Saw pictures of them sitting courtside at BYU basketball games. Uh, All that. Now now his girl is his girl. And his mom's best friend is... (laughs) It's now a side chick. Now the side chick. Yeah, just... There's never a dull moment when it comes to quarterbacks in New York. I mean, I feel like, or, or like there's stars not. in New York. I feel like there's always just nonsense. At least, but this is the nonsense you want, right? If you're going to have some nonsense, oh, absolutely. let it be some personal <laughs> stuff that doesn't really affect anything. Like, he's still going to play week one unless he gets hurt in between now and then. Like, this has nothing to do with on the, on the field stuff. So, like, it's kind of fun. This is the fun stuff. And, you know, after I've been getting a lot of nonsense coming out of my New York teams, this is great. This is I a, love yeah, this. This is a relaxing one, thankfully. This is great. This is... <laughs> Shout out to uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, more news from the week. James Wiseman got gets his first minutes since the year he was drafted. Pretty cool. Summer League action. Summer League's been fun, too. So if you guys haven't been checking out Summer League, it's been a good time. The Knicks turned into the, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> Bulls dynasty in the Summer League. It's awesome. <laughs> It's the best time I can I can watch this team. They got a ring waiting for you guys. They do. Yeah, they're doing a summer league ring and it looks pretty good. It's yeah. Pretty good. It's way too big. <laughs> they didn't you didn't actually win anything. It, it's, it's cool to like big. acknowledge it, but it's like Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy it. Hey, summer league counts. It's still going against the best of the best, so. And I mean, hey, for the players that are playing in it though, that's like that's their thing. That's their thing. Because they're, they're fighting. fighting so for the them way. to win it all and then potentially earn a spotlight, that's their championship. Yeah. So. You're not wrong. Shut um, up. More news that we just want to mention because we know nothing about it. Tour de France happening. Nice. <laughs> um, something we know barely more about, but more about. Uh, Wimbledon happened this week, uh, this past week, and it was actually a great tournament. We had Rafa Nadal in the semifinals. He actually had to pull out because of an injury that he got in the in the quarters match, which sucks. Uh, we were deprived of a Nadal or a potential Nadal uh, Djokovic final, which is just something that yeah. I, we've said a million times over the last twenty years. Uh, Djokovic goes <laughs> to the final. He takes on Kyrgios, and Kyrgios looked really, really good. Um, again, I know. I don't think you watched it. You were doing your celebration stuff. You're not the biggest tennis guy either. But Kyrgios is a really, really fantastic server. He's known as one of the best in the in the sport. He had 30 aces versus Djokovic. That is not a guy you get aces off of. And he got 30 of them. And, you know, he played well. He had a couple of moments where, like, the, the situation kind of got to him. And uh, a missed call or, like, a slight overhit from him just kind of got to his head. Um Got out of his control, and that's kind of what happens when you play one of the best of all time. Djokovic, seven Wimbledon titles, four in a row. And he wasn't even sure he was going to play a single major this year. Now he's, again, a Wimbledon champion. So, you know, we've talked about uh, Nadal and Federer being the best to ever play it. It's really hard not to consider Djokovic in that conversation. And those three all played at the same time. Why? Yeah. That's the coolest part. Like they're all right here, and we've got to see most of it. Yeah, and and I talked to Connor about this over the weekend, and it's really cool that all three of them have kind of had like their lanes that they're a little bit better at, and they've all had mini eras during it. Like there's been times where uh, Federer wins like three majors out of six, and then there's times where obviously Nadal wins every French Open, uh, and now here we are with Djokovic winning seven Wimbledon's and four in a <laughs> row. Like these are clearly these guys are better at certain things and then they have their times and it's, it's cool to kind of see like how much the, the court changes and the field changes really matter for these guys. 
Cool stuff. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Any other news for the week you want to talk about? Um, I don't want to talk about it, but MLB tried to do something cool with the Home Run Derby X in London, trying to commemorate the London series, bring that, bring hype, expand the game, all that. It was interesting. We're not going to go too deep into it. The field was weird. The rules were weird. The players were weird. Go check it out. If you enjoy it, you get two of these. If you don't... Live, go on with your life because that's what me and you are doing. Yeah, the one cool thing about it was like the four like legends that they used were Nick Swisher, Johnny Gomes, Gregory Soto, and um, Adrian Gonzalez. That's a pretty good little group. So, and then we ended up getting some MLB the show cards for them. So yeah. that was sick. Yeah, it, so. it worked out for me. I was happy. I was happy. We are big Nick Swisher fans. So yeah, seeing actually, him, actually, yeah, Nick Swisher. Nick Swisher's like so he's so lovable. A quick little story. I went to a spring training game for the Yankees one year. Don't remember what year, but I'm just chilling. BP going on. I see Nick Swisher just in the stands. So I'm zooming over there, trying to get there. Just as I like get my way through, he leaves. I thought that was going to be a much happier story. No. No, I thought that was, was going to be sad. a much happier story. It was sad. <laughs> I fought for my life to go meet my favorite oh. player. How old were you? And, um, I would say maybe like 22. Oh, okay, so you're a little bit older. No. But still. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, on the 09 team, that, that, was, that was my yeah. guy. I, I also have a Nick Swisher story. Um, I went to a Yankee game a couple of years ago, and this is like four years ago now in New York. Last time I was in New York, they had the all-timers game that, that week. Nick Swisher played in the all-time the Alzheimer's game for the Yankees and he hit a home run out of the actual stadium. Cause for the Alzheimer's game, if you guys don't know, they put up the little like softball fence. It's like 250, maybe. He hit it out. Granted, he was like two years removed from retirement, but like he hit it out. It's really cool. Yeah. So that's that's my I, I love the old timers game. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a good so time. Fun. It's a good time. And you know, we we love games around here. And uh we gotta talk about the all-star game it's coming up this week we just got first of all we got the jerseys that just released and they're incredible the national leagues are better but they're all they're yes. so clean they're all white gold font gold name on the back everything all the logos are gold accents and then you go over to the american league it's like the slate gray it, it, I we thought at first it was going to be black. It's definitely more of a gray, and I'm not even mad at it. I actually think the, the gray no. scouts, it probably would have been better as a black, but it's still really nice. Also with the gold accents, so you get the, the light and the dark, and it's gray for like the away team, which is kind of cool since the Dodgers are the hosts. And just first of all, snaps to the MLB for that because they, they got a lot of flack last year for the jerseys, which grew on me, but I know a lot of people still didn't like them. And these have been a pretty resounding, like, those hit. And uh, big shout-out to that. We, we, we like when everybody's like, yeah, those hit. They're going to sell a lot of these. Yeah, I really, really like them. Like, they're, I'm Mike Cop, uh, NL and uh, AL. Yeah. So. I was thinking about getting I mean, an Acuna one. Not mad at that. Kind of cool. Yeah. Not mad at that at all. But big W on their part for that. Do them, correct me if I'm wrong, but does everybody have black hats this year? Yeah, so all the hats are black, which is kind of cool, too. It's the white and then the gray and then uniformly black. Well, I think the reason they did that, because during Players Weekend, they had for um, whichever league had the white uniforms, Mm -hmm. they also had white hats. But they had to make the pitchers wear black hats because the batters yeah. weren't able to they tell have, yeah. where the ball, the ball was. Yeah. So it was weird that the whole defense had white hats and then Except just the, the pitcher has it. Yeah. So absolutely makes sense why they're doing that. Cool. Yeah, and then they all have like a star on it somewhere for All-Star. Somewhere along the logo. The Astros one's funny. Which is what I was going to get to. It's not yeah. official, but every every star is scattered around the logo. But it just so happens the Astros one is sitting just perfectly Rarely to make it look ask. like an asterisk. Yeah. Amazing. Pretty, pretty funny. Little, it's the little things in life. Mm-hmm. It's the little things and, in life. And it's at Dodger Stadium, so. They're, they're being petty. 
they were, they were being petty and I love it. <laughs> they were absolutely being petty. And so one cool thing I want to talk about for this all-star game too, it's a brand new rule that happened, but this last player uh, bargaining agreement, the you know part of the whole lockout, uh, one of the things that got instituted was Bob Manfred, Bobby Glock, the, the man himself, um, he has a legacy rule where he can vote in one legacy legend player. It does not count towards the totals. The votes don't matter. None of that. He can bring them in so that they can have a last hurrah of sorts, right? So he did that for two different players this year, which one of them's a little surprising because I think he's going to play longer, which is Miguel Cabrera. I don't think this is his last season. It very well could be, but I don't, th- I don't think it is yet. I think he's still got one more year in the tank. But Miguel Cabrera for the American League is going to be a legend, legacy legendary selection, DH. And then also in the National League, Albert Pujols. Amazing. Uh, Pujols is having a pretty bad year. Like, uh, not a farewell tour in any sense. Yeah. And he's getting his tour for some stadiums now, which is very nice. And this is like, okay, Albert, you're one of the best to ever play in terms of hitting. We're going to give you a nice send-off. And this is his last season. This is his last All-Star game. He didn't deserve it, but for a career, he definitely did. And I'm happy he's going to be here for it. Yeah, and when we were picking out our uh, ballots, I had to put Albert in there. Yeah. And I'm happy that he does. And, I mean, with the case of Miggy, like, I feel like you give it to him now and probably in the future, too, if he stays. But it's like, why wait? It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. It, Just It's better to go. give it, and then if he retires, you did it, then not yeah so and especially i don't want this to become one of those things where it's like you have to be a legend to do it it's like no give this to somebody every year if in three years there's nobody great that's close to retirement give it to andrew mccutcheon or give you know what i'm saying like give it to like charlie blackman like guy who's had a pretty good career give him a last hurrah it's a fun thing for him yeah. yeah, and it just recognizes greatness throughout the league because even though they're not great right now or maybe they aren't having a Hall of Fame career, they had spurts of greatness, and yeah. they tell the story of the league. And those guys, their names will be etched in whatever fans or organizations' memories. So you give it to them because yeah. why not? Seriously. And so that's a really cool thing that they added this year, a very, very rare Manfred W. But it happened. It, it did happen. It's a rare one. It's an insignificant one, too, but it happened. And I'll, I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm, I'm, I'm giving uh, Adam Silver W. Got it from so shout out Adam Silver. Fair enough. Manfred, I still hate you. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so we're looking at the all-star <laughs> rosters and a couple things to note. Um, there is six New York Yankees. Six. And it's kind of funny because there's most likely seven because the Yankees are looking to trade for Andrew Benintendi or Ian Happ. So if they do make those trades, there's seven New York Yankees. Um, Just a a funny little tidbit there. Uh, The Mets only got three, I believe, or two. Yeah, the Mets only got two, which is interesting. No, they got three. Edwin, Edwin is in. So they got three. And I think the next best team is the Astros. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Astros have four. Um, my list is kind of all over the place right now. So. Yeah, the Astros have four. That's the next closest one. So pretty cool stuff. Yankees-Astros kind of leading the pack. Makes sense. Fair Makes enough. Sense. They've been the two best teams in baseball to this point. I don't think there's much argument over that. Um, Anything stand out to you about these uh, all-star rosters? Um... Shout out to the Contreras brothers. They yeah, both managed to really get cool. in. So that that's cool. Yeah. Uh William sucks that um William had to get in because Bryce isn't playing, but Yeah, you know. but Bryce gets his all star. He wasn't gonna play. Yeah. He's out for a while. I think this is almost the best case scenario. Like it's no. Bryce gets recognized. Awesome. William and like that's so cool, bro. And Wilson's I, been I, fantastic this year. I mean, he's easily been the best catcher in, in the National League, so has there ever been like a set of brothers starting sure. on an all-star but I'm starting sure. an all-star game together on the I'm same not, team i'm not sure you looking that up right now because i feel like right that's now. a i feel like that's a decent little nugget that i don't 
don't I feel think like it has ever to happened. have, but... But that's the thing. Starting on the same team. It's definitely an interesting one. Like, there might have been American National, one starting, one's on the reserves. Like, I'm sure maybe the Molina brothers Ooh, did that. I got, I got it. I got it. We got a couple. Okay. We got a couple. Really? So, in 1991 and 92, Sandy Alomar and Roberto Alomar both started. Both for the AL. Cool. Which we hate Roberto cool. Alomar. Let's just throw that out there. He's a schmuck. Um, 1949, Joe and Dom DiMaggio. Didn't really? Even, I never even processed that Dom was a good player. I knew he was in, but <laughs> I never processed that he was a good player. Uh, 1947, Dixie and Harry Walker. I who's to say? And then in 1942-43, so this happened twice, um, same with the Sandy Alomar one, two different times. Uh, Mort and Walker Cooper. So this has happened with four other groups of players and six total times. So fair enough that I've never seen it because in my recent memory, never happened. Yeah. So cool. We were we were not even alive for the Sandy Roberto one. That was before yeah. our time. No, so that's cool. That is very cool. A, a weird group because I'm pretty sure all those other guys besides Dom, I all of them. Our Hall of Famers or, or have a Hall of Fame partner in that. Um, Wilson and William Contreras likely won't be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, William's a rookie, so that's disrespectful. But Wilson's probably <laughs> not a Hall of Famer, um, at least to this no. point in his career. But it's still a really, really interesting nugget of history. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Look at look at the family lineage. Rolling strong. You get it here on the spectators. You get it here. And, you know, one thing that I, I – I don't know if I love it or hate it about the All-Star game, but every team gets one representative, right? Mm-hmm. And I like it because it makes everybody want to watch the All-Star game. It's like, oh, Paul Blackburn's in. Let me watch it. But also just like Paul Blackburn's in the All-Star game and just some other guys aren't. And that – it always yeah. winds up leading to snubs, and I think that's the biggest issue, especially in a league where like you have so many people who have incentives in their contracts to make yeah. an all-star game. It makes it really, really hard to like incentivize that, but then every team has to have one. So then you have 30 guaranteed all-stars, and then there's only, what, like eight spots to fill or however many spots? Yeah, it's, it's really tough. But I'm I'm kind of on the fence too because I do like having everybody represented, just because, oh, your team's bad, but you're really good, or like better than everybody else. I don't know. You're you're really good on a bad team. Yeah. So that you're mediocre. Nice. You're mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know. It, it's yeah. a weird rule that I again I don't know how I feel about. It doesn't feel like you earn it, which kind of sucks. Like, I remember a couple years ago, it's a different sport, but, like, Julius Randle was an all-star for the Knicks, and I was just like, we finally got an all-star. Yeah. And it makes you like that guy so much more. Yeah. When you're a bad team, you get an all-star every year, and if you're looking, right, you're just like, oh, we have Paul Blackburn. Do you really care about Paul Blackburn as an A's fan right now? No, because your team's terrible, and, like, he pitches. he's He's been good, but, like, do you really care? Yeah. I don't know, man. No, I feel you on that. And it, you know, I'm kind of right there with you. It leads us to what we planned on talking about snubs. And who's a snub for this All Star game that you have? Um, We'll go back to our ballots. Like uh, we said, I had the first pick. So I, I picked Vlad, naturally. But. The second guy that I wanted and do think that he should have been there is Ty France. And you ended up picking him. Yeah. And there is – I don't see why he gets snubbed. Like Ty France he, has every – I think it's every offensive stat besides home runs. And I think um, there's like one other like small stat better than Vlad Jr. And granted, Vlad got voted in for starting, so you can't take that into account, right? No. Fan votes are fan votes. But he's an objectively better hitter than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year. Yeah. And he's not even on the roster. And that's why fan votes suck, man. Yeah. Because, like, to an extent, Poole 
like you get your fans but if you're on a big market you got it yeah you you just have it for these low market teams and these players that are just happening to play for them but they're doing great and now a guy who just ha- plays that same position got the backing of a whole entire organization's fans what are they gonna do they can't compete stop the count stop the count so it's tough like let it go off of who's actually balling yeah and let like let the fan vote be for like the bench pieces or something i feel like that's worse though because then we're voting because then we're voting in like strictly names like at least if it's a starter there's plenty of people who are like, well, this guy at least is doing better. Like, there's plenty of people voting statistically, even though there's plenty not yeah. looking at names. But if you're just looking at reserves, you're like, oh, I don't care. He's not starting. Let me just go ahead and put Trevor Story in there. And Trevor Story's been yeah. bad. He's been bad. So, or or maybe they, the fans are able to pick who's starting they could vote on that based off who makes it in that's better it's i think it should be like because the voting isn't gonna go away no and voting the leagues make too much money off of yeah marketing and advertisements and people going on the site and doing all that that's not going away they make too much off of that but i feel like that would be a cool little way for them to do it while still keeping the integrity of having the best player there and now the fans get to see who they want to see start so yeah, no, it's it's definitely tough, and I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot wrong with the All Star game, but it is still the best All Star game in sports, I think. So I, I I don't like nitpicking it too much because I do think it is. Or I the NBA might be there, but I, I like I like the MLB one a lot. It's like really fun. It it's fun. I just like the event of All Star Weekend for the NBA. That's fair. If MLB does a better job of like promoting it and making it like a well, well event. Hear me out. which is better which is better the the dunk contest or the home run derby it varies from year to year so, like but the home run had, derby um, is pretty consistently good at, at the very it minimum is. it's good yeah and i feel like with the dunk contest it's more often than not gonna be maybe mid just because of the dunks that we're getting so yeah, yeah I would give it to the home run derby just because they're yeah. gonna hit the home run. Yeah, they're gonna do so, it. Yeah, they're gonna. Like, also, I don't think the ceiling is too different either. Like a good home run derby. Like think of, think of like the Josh Hamilton home run derby. Like amazing. I remember that vividly, and I mean, I remember like some dunk contest pretty vividly too, like the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine one. But that's like the one that comes to mind. So it's not like there's. And the home run derby is getting even better now where they have the bracket format where you're actually going up against somebody. So now yeah, if you're they, behind and you're the two better. seed uh, going up after uh, whoever went before you, and now you're like five home runs away, you're on a streak, stadium going crazy, you end up passing him, you walk off uh, that round, and now it's like, oh, damn, that yeah. that's sick. It is, it is cool. It is cool. So... Yeah, I will do that. I wish MLB had a couple more events, though. It's, like it's hard. Baseball's, challenge. baseball's a weird well, sport for that. But, but that's the thing, stuff. though. There are stuff. But that's the thing, though. You look at, like, um, uh, Japan and Korea, their thing, baseball man. leagues, they have, like, bunting challenges, yeah, throwing bunting the ball into, into, like, a target, stuff like that. There's games for you to play, like hitting a target. Yeah. There's stuff to do. Figure it out. Make it fun. Have these players participate in that and then you can have more players that aren't going to be part of like the all-star game and home run derby now they're getting some uh, representation and being able to compete and again that's just stuff that grows the game that's why you got a lot of uh, players that aren't really that big making a name for themselves in the NBA because they're able to compete and stuff like that so yeah and that's you know maybe they wind up doing stuff like that and that's how you get these uh Kansas City Royals and Oakland A's yeah. players involved. Instead of putting them in the game, you put them in these challenges. That could be a lot better. But, I would like that. You know, um, I'm gonna get back on on track here with the snubs that we were talking about because yeah. I think I think it is kind of important to to go over some of these guys. Um, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease is my snub. I love Nestor Cortez with all my heart. I think he's been fantastic for the first like 
two-thirds of the first half. He had a rough last couple starts. Uh, yeah. Dylan Cease might be the second-best pitcher to this point in the American League. He is leading the league in K per nine. He has a two-ERA. like two ERA, And he is just absolutely dominating for the White Sox on a team that has been constant disappointments. Everybody on this team is disappointed. Yal Moncada has been terrible. Yasmani Grandal has been terrible. Luis Robert hasn't really lived up to that potential that he should. I mean, he's had an okay year. Um, Tim Anderson's just hitting for contact. Not so much power as much this year. Hasn't taken any steps defensively up. And they're just not winning. They're simply just not winning. They're in third in that division right now. And so the one highlight of this team is Vin Dillon Cease and how dominant he is. And stop me if you've heard this saying before, but the best. Oh no, what is it? <laughs> oh, what it... It's like the um, the best ability is availability. Yes. Dylan yes. Cease has pitched more innings than anybody in baseball since he has been called up. More innings than anybody in baseball, and it's not close. Yeah. And he just ha- he hasn't gotten really any respect in terms like from a major league baseball. I do think he'll wind up getting into the All Star game because somebody's gonna want to rest their arm. I don't know who because like the relievers are honestly all pretty healthy, so I don't know who mm-hmm. that might be. But I really hope he gets in because he deserves at least to be there. Like I don't care if he doesn't touch the mound, just get him in. Yeah, most of the pitchers I- don't, but. I feel that. Uh, he, he's my biggest snub at the moment. I also agree, really agree with Ty France. And I want to give a shout-out to former Yankee Brandon Drury, uh, which I have no real reason why he didn't get in because the Reds needed the representative. And for some reason, they gave it to Luis Castillo instead of Brandon Drury when Brandon Drury is, like, the third-best third baseman in the National League and, like, arguably better than Nolan right now. So... Yeah, it's tough. I I got nothing for that either. <laughs> I, yeah, I just I mean, there's nothing to say about snubs. Just like, how do they not get yeah. in? You know, it's yeah. like how. And sometimes snubs are like funny, right? Because Washington has to get a snub, a guy, right? Juan Soto only got into this All Star game because the Nationals had to send somebody, and it's Juan Soto. Like Juan Soto should be in this game every year. He's had a not great season. It's been he's been good though. Like not great by his standards or different than everybody else's. But he's only in because the Nationals need somebody. That's the thing. He has a midseason. It's just like, he's he's on decline. He fell <laughs> off. He fell off. Young boy better. Young boy better. Jordan better. It's like yeah. <laughs> tough. But he's here though, and I'm happy for him. Absolutely. All right. And then we're going to go one more thing before we head about here. We got mid-season awards because we are at the All-Star game, which means we're a little over halfway through the season. We're going to bounce back and forth. Starting with Rookie of the Year, who's your American League Rookie of the Year? This is somebody who, once he got called up, has been um, really impressing me. And the fact that he pretty much leads all rookies in the American League at all these stats, he's uh oh my there we go. <laughs> little internet little internet hiccup. But um lean the league in runs, lean the league in hits, doubles, home runs, I believe RBIs too. Average is uh he's fourth. Uh o- on base percentage, he's second, OPS first, Julio Rodriguez is just dominating the stat board across the board. So it's like, how do you not? Oh, he's an all-star, by the way. And he's an all-star. So give that man the rookie of the year because he is doing what he needs to do. He is balling. He's the best at the moment across the board. And I'm loving everything he brings. He brings some excitement to the game, too. That, That boy fast. He can field. He can do it all. He's probably gonna he's probably gonna go for 30-30 in his rookie year. <laughs> he's gonna hit 30 home runs, 30 steals in his rookie year. He's on pace for it at least. And yeah. 
Julio quietly is the best player on this Mariners team that has worked their way into a wild card position at this point at the break. They are tied on an eight game win streak. I think they just swept the Blue Jays. Don't sleep. Yeah, so shout out J Rod. That's my rookie of the year. I love it. Uh, my rookie year for the NL is going to be Spencer Strider right now. I think there's a good argument for a different Brave in Michael Harris the third, but I'm here to talk about Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider has one of the hardest fastballs in baseball, especially for a pitcher. I don't think he qualifies yet for innings, but when he does, he'll probably wind up having the hardest fastball in baseball uh, with Garrett Cole right behind him. He has a 2.6 ERA in 19 games. A 166 ERA plus and a 1.82 FIP as a rookie. And him coming in and stepping up when Charlie Morton hasn't pitched great this year and that they still have Mike Soroka that's hurt. Uh, Ian Anderson hasn't been very good for the Braves, but since Strider has joined this rotation, that is when the Braves season really turned around. I mean, they were down horrific to the Mets. They wound up winning. Uh, it was like 12 games in a row, and then they keep – every time the Mets lose, they seem to win. They're one and a half games back now. Spencer Strider is a big reason for that in terms of the pitching. He's been fantastic. He also has 102 strikeouts in 65 innings. 102 strikeouts in 65 innings. That's 14 strikeouts per nine. That's Sheesh. ridiculous. That is really, really good, and he should win rookie of the year if he keeps it up. I'm out of that. Uh, where do we go next? You want to go Cy Young? I'm going to go Cy Young. Let's go Cy Young. You got it? You want it first? Or... Now nah, you All got right. it. I got it. I'm going to keep it over here in uh, Tampa and go Shane McClanahan. It's a pretty easy that one, boy, I feel like, right now. Pretty easy one. ERA plus, 204. Leads to MLB. Or leads to AL, at least. 133 strikeouts. Dude is disgusting right now. When you look at um his curveball slider and changeup, not even counting his fastball, he has 101 strikeouts of the 133 with 35 hits on them. Say that again. And then, <laughs> Say that again. Besides his fastball, you look at his curveball slider and changeup, 101 strikeouts on them with only 35 hits. My God, and he has 133 in total. And now here's another little nugget. In the 2000s, okay. Oh no! Oh no! In in the whole 2000s, I don't like this. <laughs> the list of players who have led the league in strikeouts and ERA plus of 200 or better. There's one guy. He did it twice. Give me a name. Since 2000. Since 2000. That led the league in ERA plus and strikeouts. Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, yeah, and so that's fair. <laughs> now it has to be a full season ERA plus. So Shane McClanahan is at pace right it's now. Pace, so it's on pace. Very impressive. So that's my guy. Yeah, that that's a pretty again. That's a pretty easy one too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with – see, the National League is actually super difficult. There's a lot of really good pitchers. You have uh, Aaron Nola, who's actually had a really good bounce-back season. We've known he has the stuff, but he's finally getting it done. Uh, Corbin Burns could very easily win his, sec his second Cy Young in a row, and I wouldn't bat an eye. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, I think, is a far reach, even though he's been one of the best pitchers to this point. I think his peripherals just aren't good enough. Like, he will regress at some point. I don't know when, but he will. The number is just – shouldn't hold up but he is leading the league in era uh then you have like max freed who's been really good he's finally learning how to strike people out which has made him so much better but i think the best pitcher this season right now in the national league is sandy alcantara and this really to me isn't much of a surprise he is simply pitching more than everybody else he has mm -hmm. 20 more innings pitched than the next closest pitcher he's going Seven, eight, nine innings every single game, making the Marlins at least competitive on his bump days. He has a 5.2 war, a 4.4 win probability added. And he's, again, he's going so deep for a team that just 
isn't supporting him run wise that he kind of has to go deep. That's what kind of sucks mm-hmm. about situations like this. Um, he's also third in hits per nine in the league. It's he's not striking out as many people as I'd like. I want to see Sandy move away from the sinker a little bit more, move more towards a four seamer so he can actually get some strikeouts because he's throwing a lot of a sinker. It's a Clay Holmes esque sinker. It's not quite as good, so it gets a lot of soft contact. I would like to see him striking out more people. I think that's more sustainable for the rest of his career if he uh, just becomes a wipeout kind of a guy. It'll become easier on his arm, too, to not have to go this many innings because he's just striking people out. Um, but Corbin, or not Corbin, uh, Sandy's my guy at the moment. He was also my preseason prediction. Let that be known. He's also my preseason prediction. This is true. MVP. So, I was going back and forth with this because I'm comparing the stats going off of it. And it kind of kept on leading me to Jordan to give it to him. Got a better batting average, on-base percentage, war, OPS+. Plus, the um, most beautiful savant page of all time. Yeah, everything looks great. But we backtrack a little bit to what you said before. Availability is the best ability. And Aaron Judge, in 13 more games played, he's not that far behind Jordan on all these stats. So for that reason, I got to go with Aaron Judge, the home run leader in the whole entire league. Because, again, you give Jordan those 13 games, they're right there. And Judge, with the walk-offs this year, the multi-game home runs, the clutch hits leading this team when he's not on the field it feels like what are we doing like it just feels like the team is dead when he's not there playing outside of his position playing pretty much being a center fielder this year doing everything that you ask of the man while continuing to be on the field available he's had a couple of little off days with a couple tweaks no big deal back the next game and I believe Jordan actually just hit the... Yeah, he has a hand thing. He's going to be out yeah. for a little bit. So Not too long, again, though. It's not like a crazy injury. Yeah. So I'm going to give the MVP to Aaron Judge. Yeah. It, Judge is a weird one, too, because like he's had a rough week and a half, two weeks. And I think if you take away... But you're not going to take it away. It's part, of, it's part of the story. But like two weeks ago, it was like a definitive Aaron Judge. And now it's more of a conversation. And and, and that's why I, I took the time and looked at both of them. I wasn't just going to say, oh, give me the big guy. Yeah. No. But again. Yeah, they're both pretty big. They're, <laughs> they're both, both pretty big. But again, 13 games is a lot. It's a lot of at-bats, a lot of plate appearances. Yeah. So I take the, the slump and compare it to just you not playing, not playing. and not yeah. knowing what you're going to do. So... And I'm if not, you say you're done right now, I'm, I'm not, not mad, mad at, at you. At all. I'm not mad at you. At all. Really not. Okay. Um, NL1 is pretty easy right now. So shout out to the NL for making that easy. It's Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt yes. has very quietly put together a fantastic career. Okay. Let's just talk about this. He has been better mm-hmm. in every significant counting stat, measuring stat, than Freddie Freeman. Over the last seven years, which is crazy because we talk about Freddie so much. Freddie already has an MVP, he has a World Series, all that, right? Paul's been better, and this year, of course, he's been better, right? If Paul Goldschmidt continues the pace he's on right now, he will end the season hitting 343 with a 427 on base percentage, 620 slugging, and a 1.04 OPS with a 199 OPS plus. Stop it. Right? 37 homers, 125 RBIs. There have been two players ever at first base to have a season with those numbers or better. Two. Do you have any idea who either of those might be? First baseman. To have a season that looks like that. Just. No. Lou Gehrig and Jimmy Fox. You see? No. <laughs> I wasn't Lou Gehrig and Jimmy Fox. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Lou Gehrig and Jimmy Fox. Um, to be in the company of those guys for anything 
is ridiculous because Lou, no, nothing short of impressive because Lou is one of the best to ever play and Jimmy is one of the best to ever play and to no. be in that conversation is actually just ridiculous uh shout out to the athletic for the stats on that because uh that's just ridiculous yeah it is Goldschmidt it's Goldschmidt he's like actually performing better than just everybody else and it's not even kind of close like no Mookie was kind of in this conversation for a second. I think if you want to look at pitchers and throw them in the mix, like I'm not mad at you for wanting to say Corbin Burns or Sandy Alcantara. Um, I'd actually probably put them at two and three um, just because the position players have kind of had so much flux over this regular season. Uh, Maybe you put Pete Alonso somewhere in this mix just because of how good the Mets have been, but I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't either, but not mad at you. Put him top five. Put him yeah, in somewhere like the that. race. Manny Machado uh, would be there if he didn't sit out for so many games. No. So, Paul's pretty definitively the guy. And I saw a really sad tweet, and it was just like, man, the Diamondbacks would be really good right now if we kept all of our players. And their infield, the Diamondbacks infield, oh God, w- would have been Paul Goldschmidt, Brandon Drury, Dansby Swanson, and I don't remember who the second baseman was. I don't remember who the second baseman was, but they were all all-stars. And I was like, oh, it was Jazz Chisholm. It was like, oh, that hurts. That hurts. And the Jazz one you're not upset about because Zach Gallon came back and he's been fantastic for them. But Yeah, but hindsight a crazy thing. Hindsight's crazy. So, <laughs> Diamondbacks fans, I'm sorry. But your team's looking better in the future, so don't worry too much about it. Possibly. And uh, finish it off on manager of the year. Manager of the year. Who you got? Is there, is there anybody else that I could possibly say for the American League? No. 61 and 25. I don't care what any other one's doing. If they're having a spunky year, rallying the team, putting the pieces together, I don't care. 61 and 25. Aaron Boone, give it to me. Yeah, if you want to go to the spunky guy, I'm going to look at the, the Orioles. But I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm. I'll take that. But again, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. Like if if we were like forty five and thirty something, cool, or probably a little more than that, like fifty and thirty yeah, something, fifty three, cool. like as point seven oh nine win percentage, being thirty five games above five hundred. 14 games ahead of the division, like you. It's Aaron Boone. It's Aaron Boone. Huh? <laughs> it's Aaron Boone. Um, staying in New York, Buck Showalter. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> he took the job that like was the most daunting in the sport because if you were going to suck, you were going to get yelled at and ran out of the city like every other manager has over the past couple of years. They've gone through four. Um, yeah. Buck Showalter has shown that, like, maybe between him and like Dusty Baker, maybe there's like a, a resurgence of like that old school coach. Maybe. I don't think Buck will be good long-term though. I think this will be a one or two year thing and then he'll be terrible. I think when he doesn't have the ideal situation, we've seen this with his whole career, but if his situation is not ideal, uh, they kind of struggle. And this situation yeah. is literally ideal. I mean, they have it two is. top five pitchers in baseball when they're healthy, which they haven't been. Uh, they have a top, five lineup in baseball most likely uh they're a pretty good defensive team for the most part they have depth like at every position they have good mix of lefties and righties a couple switch hitters like this is ideal they have the best closer in baseball this year edwin diaz is the only pitcher in baseball right now to have more strikeouts for outs than other outs really 50.4 percent strikeout rate he's faced or he struck out i think it's 60 eight batters and the other 60 were just like ground outs or fly outs. But he's it's ridiculous. Good Lord. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, he has a lot of good things going for him. Doesn't take away so, that he should be manager of the year. No. It's also and, like, you're not going to give it to Dave Roberts. Cause like they got the MVP. <laughs> they added them. They're underperforming. <laughs> Which is crazy because they're not, but they are. <laughs> yeah, those facts. And I don't really think the you said 
that Dusty and Buck, like maybe the old school managers work now. I never like thought that they wouldn't. I just felt like if a guy like that comes to a team, they have to be willing to take the old school and the new school and put it together. And I feel like both of them have been able to do just that. Yeah, and you know, you kind of have to when you work for the Astros. Like, I'm shocked that the Astros got Dusty because the Astros are maybe the most analytical team in baseball outside of the Rays and the Yankees. Um, But you look at the timing of the Dusty hire, and I feel like with everything going on, they needed a guy like that where he's just not going to care about everything else. Like, all the slander, just, we're going to play, forget all that. Dusty was the guy for that. If you had anybody else, might not have worked. Uh, yeah. I I feel like that show's going a very different direction. Well, yeah, that. look at old school coaches, right? You get rid of uh, Joe Girardi out in Philly, and when he was fired, they had a, I think it was a zero point eight percent chance to make the playoffs, and now they're up to like an eighty percent chance to make the playoffs because they went on like yeah. a nine game win streak the second he got fired. They've been playing great baseball. Obviously, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola have dealt and. Uh, not even having Bryce Harper, even though he was playing well, and uh, Kyle Schwarber's second in home runs all of a sudden. And... Bro, that that man didn't he hit like eleven and nineteen games or something like that? Yeah, he had twelve last month. Ridiculous. Yeah. But then on the other side of that, you look at uh, Larusa in Chicago, and he sucks. He that, sucks. That whole that whole situation. He's just bringing the whole team down. If so. you put, like, Kevin Cash in Chicago, that team might have 80 wins right now. <laughs> They're disgusting. <laughs> they might have 80 They're wins They're disgusting. Right uh, there's too it's much talent. And I mean, yeah. they've been pretty injured, too, and it's not really fair, but... Again, I, I said it before the year even started on our preseason predictions. This team is not going to go it. anywhere with La Russa. They're not it. And I hate that I'm right. Because I've been high on the White Sox. Yeah. And I'm sad. So. Yeah. So. It is what it is. It is what it is. We got the All-Star game coming up. I hope you guys enjoyed the All-Star weekend. And we'll talk about some of the festivities that happen next week on our next episode. I know. uh, I don't remember what day the Homer Derby is. I think it's after we record, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. Let me check that real quick. Yeah. But we'll make sure to talk about that whenever that's over. Make sure you guys follow us at Spectators Media on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you check us out on YouTube if you're not already. We're almost at 200 subscribers on YouTube. That sounds like a W. That sounds like a W. So go ahead and sub. We'll be back next Monday. We'll get you the weekly roundup. We'll talk about some stuff. Home Run Derby is Monday. So we'll probably, we'll, we'll miss it. Yeah, we'll miss it. Yeah. So, yeah. Tough. You'll hear from us, though. Check out TikTok. You will. You You'll will. hear from us on TikTok. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you come back next week. We'll see you guys next time. Later, everybody. Peace.